Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Chatting to Australians flying the flag in the US of A, this is the Flag Flyers. Now, we're doing something a little bit different here on the Flag Flyers today. Our guests didn't play college. A lot of our guests in the past have gone through the college ranks. He hasn't played in any of the professional sports leagues in the States, but his sport has taken him to the States on more than one occasion, and he's done us proud each time he's been over there. Sam Groth, the Australian tennis player, has joined us in the studio as well, if you don't mind. Sam, welcome to the Flag Flyers. Hey, mate. Good to be here. Pumped, pumped to be back for a few days. Pumped to have you. Now, you're only here for a very, very short amount of time. I think you came to the country a couple of days ago and you're leaving in a couple of days' time. How often do you get to spend here when, when you actually do get to come down? Um, you know, normally it's uh, pretty whirlwind trips. I uh, got back a couple of this couple of times this year just because we had Davis Cup. But other than that, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a little far away to get back now. I try to base myself out of the States a little bit more just, just from uh, logistics point of view with the tour spending a lot of time there and in Europe and it's uh, you know, a bit more central we were talking off air just before and I, you know I think the coolest thing I found out about you is not the fact that uh, you uh, hold the world record for the fastest serve the fact that you played the greatest of all time in Wimbledon and the US Open you're actually executive level club frequent flyer points holder <laughs> with American Airlines which I think is probably the coolest perk of them all so you obviously get around the world a fair bit yeah I mean that takes some serious dedication it's uh <laughs> Yeah, like I said, we're we're on the road, different different city every week, and you know when you're doing that, you try try to fly fly one airline because the benefits are definitely there. Is the novelty worn off? Do you, do you still enjoy the fact that you can go Rome, you can go to you know Indian Wells, you can go to you know everywhere, and on the fact that you're a professional athlete? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm lucky, I guess, that I get to get to see all these places, but you know, I, I don't really get to see a hell of a lot of them. You know, if I'm doing well, if I'm, if I'm seeing a lot, I'm not doing as well as I want. You know, if, I'm, if, if I've got days off in a city, it probably means I've lost early. So, um, you know, I, I enjoy seeing all the different places and, you know, trying to experience a little bit of the culture. But in the end, it's uh, it's still a job. Do you have a favorite place that you like going? Obviously, you would have seen a lot more of the world than most other people through your job. Is there one place that you love going back to each year? Or is there one place that you've been to before that you just love and didn't really expect what was going to happen? Um, I, I mean, I love spending time in New York. Um, yeah, I think you know, everyone does. Yeah. yeah, during the U.S. Open, you know, it, it's played out in Queens, but we we stay in Manhattan and you know spend all our sort of off time around there, and so that's sort of one of the places we get to see a little bit more of, just because we're in the city all the time. And um, you know, I love it while I'm there, but after two weeks, I'm sort of ready to leave as well. It's a, it's a very full on place. Why didn't you go to college? Seeming as though you know you obviously love the U.S., uh, New York as it sounds. Uh, what was it coming through the ranks that you know you sort of decided to turn pro as opposed to go to college? Um, I think when I came through, you know, tennis, if you went to college for tennis at that stage, it was sort of looked upon as you were sort of giving up on your, your pro dream. I think guys sort of thought really? that was a bit of a... Because they were delaying I, the fact that they wanted to become professional? Yeah, or? I mean, I yeah. think I think sort of 10 years ago when I came through, it was like the, the average age in the top 100 was around 21 or 23, mm-hmm. around that sort of... Now, now it's sort of 28 years old. So um, back then, I had the support of the federation, which was nice. I was part of the Australian Institute of Sport and these things, so they sort of gave me an option, you know, funding-wise, that that college wasn't 
really on the cards, but certainly. But now, it was raised to you the fact that that was a possibility. Yeah, or? I mean, I had some yeah. offers from coaches, and they sort of reached out in like my last couple of years of juniors. But you know, I think now, especially the way the tour has gone, how how tough it is out there. You know, if anyone asks me now, certainly college is an avenue that I, you know, unless you're one of the really, really you know top standout stars, um, you know, college I think is a great option. We, um, I think I was watching on, I think the US Open broadcast recently. That yeah, they were talking about the median age of a tennis player at the pro level is is much higher these days. Why is that? Because I remember like growing up, you'd see Nadal was seventeen. Like obviously these are freak shows once in a generation, once in a lifetime. But what's changed in terms of the actual sport that now requires you know the athletes to to peak at a higher age? Um, I think it's just the the physicality of it, and I mean it's the physical and the mental. I think. Um, you know, we have to spend so many weeks a year on the road and it's so full on in the sports. You know, the, the money's gotten a lot better, obviously, so there's more people playing and um, the guys at the top are hanging around a lot longer. So you just don't get, you know, as many of those superstar youngsters and it's just, uh, you know, there's a few coming through now. Uh, obviously, we've got a couple of young Aussie guys and there's a couple of young guys from a few other countries coming through, but it's just, it's such a tough sport. It really is. I mean, if you talk about, you know, coming from Australia, especially, you know, we spend 40 weeks a year away you know, from the country trying to play tournaments and, and travel. So it's not necessarily easy to do that as an 18-year-old to sort of leave your family and, you know, make that commitment to traveling. And, you know, it can it can wear down you and, you know, certainly enjoy getting some off time myself as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what stage did you have to kind of commit yourself to tennis? Because you're obviously a dual-sport athlete. You would have been a freak at just about every sport you would have tried. You just look like one of those guys. And obviously you were quite a handy footballer. At what age did you kind of have to choose tennis and say, all right, this is what i got to go for? Uh, I stopped playing footy just before I turned 17. Right. Um, you know, I moved. I was from the country, from Albury. Moved down to Melbourne to to pursue tennis, and then, um, you know, I, I was playing full time from basically you know 17, 18 years old, and then 2011 I had a break, went back, played footy, quit again, and probably never until that stage committed myself as much as I probably should have, and that's probably why I never quite got to where I, you know, wanted to be. But the, definitely the last couple of years as well, I mean, and I think that was you know like we spoke about the maturing on tour, I think that was a, a real process for me as well. And, you know, the last sort of two or three years for me, it's 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 a full-time job. You know, I apply myself every day and, you know. It, it's, it seems like you've gone from strength to strength since you came back from that break in 2011. What, what, what sort of impact did that break have in terms of refreshing you or did it make you hone in? I remember John Walsfold, the new Essen coach, said yesterday that some, he just needed to break and, and, and figure out that... Recharge the batteries kind and, of thing, And yeah. that his passion is AFL. And did, did that give you the opportunity to go, nah, I really want to have a crack at tennis and there is no you know, um, parameters anymore. It's just full board, tennis only, and I'm going to get as far as I can? Yeah, I mean, I think it was also, you know, a lot of players have a fear... Um, of what they're going to do if they don't make it, you know. And sort of for me, I got to see the other side of things. You know, I was coaching a bit. I was actually uh, halfway through becoming becoming a firefighter. I'd, uh, really? Yeah, I'd sat the exams for the, the MFB here in Melbourne. And I was doing a few other things, obviously playing a bit of footy and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, when I when I decided to come back, it was just, you know, I decided I wasn't going to leave any stone unturned. It was going to be a full commitment. Thankfully, it's uh, it's starting to pay off. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking before, if you retired tomorrow, and we don't want you to, but if you were, you've got fastest serve in the world, okay? That's kind of like, you know, I imagine in a sport that has, like, obsessed with, like, that sort of metric, that's a pretty good thing to have on your resume. You played Federer in um, Arthur Ashe Stadium, Centre Court. You played Federer, was it Centre Court, Wimbledon as well? Yeah. And Davis Cup, was it the semi-final that you won um, up in Darwin? Was quarters we won. Quarters we won. Semis we lost. Where do you, 
how do you rank those? What's what's the best one? What's most important? I, and I don't want you to feel obliged to say, oh, I love Australia. It was Davis Cup, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. To be honest, I'd be like, nah, fastest serve, hands down. <laughs> Beat that. Come on. That's good. I think I think when I hit the fastest serve, it was sort of the biggest thing I'd done. Yeah. Um, but at the Could time, you tell straight away that it was the fastest? Oh, I don't know. Can you, I don't know. Can you notice the difference between a 230 <laughs> yeah. and a That's 250? What I, mean. I don't know. That's nah. ridiculous. It Once it yeah. gets over like 200, surely is there much difference? Can you tell much difference? Oh, I guess I don't know. I haven't been on the receiving, <laughs> but uh, now when I did that, you know, I, I, that was sort of you know my biggest achievement. And it was sort of you know people. It's something people can relate to, but people also said, "Oh, this guy's just a serve." You know, it was it was sort of a tough thing for me to deal with. So, um, as as great as a thing it is to have, it's much better to have it now with all the well, with all the other things I've done. And um, you know, when I played Federer at you know center court on Arthur Ashe. It was the first time I'd got direct entry to a Grand Slam. It was the first time I'd played a big guy on a big court, and it was you know Friday night in New York in front of you know, yeah. twenty three thousand full house, and that was amazing. And then you know I played him at Wimbledon. Um, you know took a set, which was you know the next sort of step, playing on you know probably the greatest court in tennis that we have historically. And then you know a week later come back, and honestly, like at at the time Darwin, you know. With you know, being able to do it with Leighton, who's had such a great Davis Cup record, I know you said you don't want me to say just yeah, that, but no. you know, at the time when I got interviewed, you know, I, we won the doubles and I won that fourth rubber and you know, gave Leighton the chance to to win the fifth. I mean, it was it was the best feeling I've ever had. You know, and yeah, because you're not just doing it for yourself. You know, there's that whole weight of everyone else there with you. You know, the team, which is something we don't get very often in tennis, and then you know, doing it for your country, it was it was it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, all jokes aside, I'd be the same way. I you know, I just wanted to put it out there. The other one and weird question coming. In terms of because the serve is the centerpiece of your game, I was thinking about this as walking in. Colin Minogue shows her butt because that's like, you know, the centerpiece of, you know, her <laughs> career, right? In some ways. Have you insured your shoulder? Because let's face it, you know, we we, we gotta keep the power in that, you know, it's three points, aces down the middle. You know, have you got the shoulder insured? Nah, it's not insured, but trust me, there's a lot of work that goes into looking after it because I know if I lose that I'm screwed. <laughs> what do you kinda of have to do? Uh just it's rehab, it's physio, yeah. it's uh yeah, maintenance all the time, you know. Occasional cortisone injection to take a little bit of the edge off the pain, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's sort of like baseball. You know, we have to manage it. You know, the pitchers manage their shoulders, and we're probably not as diligent with you know, we don't count the number of serves we hit and that sort of stuff. But it's definitely something you have to look after a lot. And I assume all through juniors, you had a pretty powerful serve as well. It wasn't just something that came about. Is this something that you were kind of um, that was your strength all the way throughout your, your junior career as well? Yeah, yeah, my serve's always been the biggest thing. And, you know, even when my ranking was lower, I still had a great serve. It's just, you know, I had, had to work on the rest of my game. You, yeah. can't, you can't rely on one thing when you get to that sort of top level. Now, I mentioned before how you were a dual sport athlete. Did you play more than just tennis and, and uh, football growing up as well? Yeah, I grew up playing everything. Yeah. I mean, in the country, we would do everything. I played cricket, played basketball, I played... Yeah, you know, I did athletics. I did swimming. I did yeah, you know, did a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think it shows like there's a lot of research out there, or a lot of um, stuff that's been done where uh, people that grow up with a, a much more rounded athletic background tend to succeed at the elite level in their chosen sport down the track. Did you? Did, is there other things? Because obviously you went and played footy. I know that probably gets um, too much emphasis being put on how much it's contributed to. But have you taken other things from other sports as you're growing up, like uh, I, I don't know the biomechanics of anything, or just um, I think just growing up playing other sports, just a general, just a general coordination, just a general coordination sort of thing, and and I think a lot of the you know kids I see coming through now that have only played tennis, you know, they don't throw a ball very well, and they you know not great with their feet maybe, and I just think do, doing everything, you know, and, and growing up in the country, you're sort of able to do that. You have access to everything quite easily. Um, maybe the competition's not always there. 
and the the numbers and stuff. But you know, I, I think I just enjoyed growing up, and a lot of the guys I played with by the time I was sort of nineteen, twenty years old, you know, all the guys in my age group had basically stopped. Um, so I think it sort of gave me some longevity as well, the fact that I hadn't just been pounded with one sport from such a young age. Yeah, I was just thinking when you mentioned before that you don't, um, or tennis players don't necessarily count the amount of serves that they take and things like that. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a, a bit of talk about um, uh, in the AFL, goal kicking is a massive issue at the moment because the, the coaches don't actually let them practice that much at, um, at training because obviously they greater risk of hamstring or something like that. Do you reckon that's like the, the final frontier for tennis is to make sure, okay, well, you know, that's the centrepiece of the game in, in many ways. Do you got to monitor that a bit more for you? Um, I think when we're healthy, we don't really. I mean, there's times where I've seen other guys coming back from shoulder problems and they, uh, you know, they're definitely counting how many balls they're hitting each day and how many serves they're hitting and that sort of stuff. So it's already something we're monitoring and, you know, we, we do a lot of it. I mean, obviously in, you know, well, in footy, you've got to be able to kick goals, but in tennis, if you can't hit a serve in the box, you can't start the points. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's definitely something we work on, but yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it's something that needs to be monitored better, but I mean, you know, I think like most sports, it's, you know, everything's getting so much more professional that everything's being quite monitored now. And I feel like we're quite on top of a lot of that stuff. So while you've played a lot of sports growing up and you've had the opportunity to go around the world, you obviously would have watched a lot of sport as well. Are you, have you been exposed to a lot of different sports that uh, you wouldn't have otherwise known about, or is it kind of just a thing where you kind of stick with the sports that you already knew, like soccer and all that sort of stuff? Has, there, has travel kind of opened your eyes to other sports? Yeah, I mean, I, I love watching other sports, you know. I, I don't always like sitting down and watching tennis when I get away from the court, you know. It's yeah. uh, certain times, of course, but, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in the States, like like we said, and... You know, I quite like going you know, to the sports bar and watching you know, the, the NFL or the baseball or you know, whatever's on, the college sports. I mean, you know, they've got a huge sporting culture over there as well. So no And you're able to actually go down to any of the games at times? or Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I love going to NBA games. Um, Beautiful. You know, I'm lucky with my management. They hook, fan they, off? Fan <laughs> off? Who are you fan of? I haven't decided yet. I could go to quite a few Lakers and Clippers games. Don't, just don't, don't be Lakers. <laughs> no, That's I like mean, going for Man United yeah. in the NFL. Just don't. No, 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 no. All right. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Uh, go Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah. So Lockie's a Knicks. I'm a Celtics I, fan. Yeah, so. I spend more time over on the West Coast where I'm going to. I'm looking looking at places But you there, love so. New York, remember? I do love New York. I don't know if I could live there, though. I'm quite happy to leave after two weeks. Oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in terms of um, the, the future, you just mentioned before that you've signed with CAA. Yeah. Is that right? So yep. you're mentioning that you've got uh, your future career is looking in, in the media industry, is it? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get into broadcasting, that sort of stuff. I've done a, done a little bit of commentary. Since I've been like in Australia a few times, Channel Seven for the tennis, and you know made a few appearances on the footy, you know went did a did a bit of stuff one half time at Channel Seven this year, and um, it's definitely something I'd like to move into. Um, you know I love it, and obviously I signed with them for for my tennis abilities, but I know they've got a big broadcast section, so I'm trying to meet as many <laughs> people in that as I can at the moment, and yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, not yet. Hope they got a few. Years yeah, yeah, tour, we're, we're not we're not preempting anything. No, but. no, no. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully down the track. Are we talking like a sports chat show or anything like that? Can can you pitch <laughs> us anything right now, or is no, this like commentary? No, put me under the pump now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. I think uh, more broadcasting. Yeah, you know, I like being on camera. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> If 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 uh, if some of the special comments people from the AFL can get their gigs, I'm pretty sure you'll be right, uh, Sam, to to get some gigs. But uh, but yeah, apart from that, I mean. Uh, you just going into the off season now. What's the the lineup for next year's um, uh, competition schedule for you? You obviously go into Australian Open first up. Yeah, Brisbane. Brisbane's Br- the Brisbane. first first tournament of the year up in fourth uh, you know, of January. It starts um, Brisbane International, then Sydney, you know, leading into the Aussie Open, and then basically from there it's straight back over to the states. Um, 
with tournaments in like Memphis, Delroy Beach. Uh, they've actually got Davis Cup back here, so I'm going to be coming back to Australia again. Executive level American Airlines. Exactly. Points racking up. Yeah, start racking up the points again for next year already. Yeah, yeah um, brilliant. And then the big ones in New Wells, Miami for us. So that's sort of the first couple of months. When you go on tour, do you actually do a lot of socialising with a lot of the players and a lot of the Australians as well? Is there kind of like a clique that hangs around a little bit or do you kind of keep to yourself a lot of the time? Um, you know, everyone's sort of got their own their own group and, um, you know, I'm probably a little older than that, like, Kyrgios, Tomic, Kokonakis sort of group. So, um, you know, I hang out a lot with my coach, but I think that's something Leighton, you know, if he happens to get the Davis Cup job, which, you know, there's, there's talk that he probably will, he wants to try to start to create that more of a, a group culture again. And, you know, I think he wants to do a camp with the guys in the off-season and start trying to, you know, pull everyone back together a little bit. And I think that's been lost. I think that's what the Aussies did really well in the past, and especially because we have to spend so many weeks away um, you know, everyone who's traveling becomes your friends. They become sort of your support crew. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that from the Aussie guys again. Whether that happens or not, we'll, we'll wait to see. Uh, a lot of the Aussie guys, obviously, uh, we're coming into a good period of our development in terms of the last 10 years, maybe a bit bone dry with in the rankings. Is there any sort of like uh, camaraderie to say that, you know, let's all get inside the top 100 or top 50 or something like that? Or is there any jostling, jostling for, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm above you in the rankings, blah, blah, blah? Oh, a little bit. I mean, I think it's more of a friendly rivalry more than anything. Um, you know, I think, like you said, it was very bare. Leighton had to fly that flag for for a long time. And, you know, I think uh, the last couple of years uh, I broke through and then the young boys started to come through and then, you know, Bernie had a down year and then Nick sort of became a highest-ranked guy and I think that sort of spurred Bernie on. I don't think he wanted Nick ranked above him, so he sort of pulled his head in and he got himself to sort of top 20 now and, you know, you probably don't speak about it with the other guys, but there's definitely a rivalry there, and you want to be ranked, you know, above above the next guy. That's for sure. But I think it's more of a, a friendly sort of a thing, and I think it sort of inspires us all to, you know, push push for something more. Do you think Leighton's the right man for the Davis Cup coaching job? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, say too much, but you know, I think he has the respect of the players. Obviously, as a player, you know, he was number one in the world, won slams, did everything he did at Davis Cup, and. You know, I think the time I spent with him at Davis Cup recently, you know, just on the court with him as well. I mean, he leads by example, and I think he has the respect of the of the young guys, which is massive. You know, obviously, they're still learning their way a little bit, and um, you know, I think if, if he looks to be a good influence on those guys, yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing that you know they really respect him as a player, and I think. Um, you know, he, we all know that he had a few troubles when he was younger in his career, and maybe wasn't always liked as much as he's liked now. But um, you know, if he can he can teach those young guys, and you know, like I said, if he if he takes the captaincy like he did as a player, I mean, he'll do a great job. Beautiful, mate. Thank you so much for joining us on the Flag Flies. Best of luck for uh, next season. I know I think your season this year is over because you're going for foot surgery tomorrow, which we actually wish you the best of luck. What are they actually doing? You were telling us before what they were doing. They were doing uh, something stick, with your nerves. Stick a, stick a hot needle in there and burn the nerve out. So uh, I could I could think of about a thousand things I'd rather do than do that. A thousand? Yeah, trust me. So a million. <laughs> Just about. Yeah. But good luck with that. We hope it all goes well. I'm sure it will. And safe flight back to the States as well. You're going to make sure you go business class? You got no, the, I don't know. I'm looking at the, yeah. Double down, mate. Business class all the way. <laughs> you have we'll to. See. You have to, mate. But thank you for joining us and uh, we'll be sure to keep up to date with uh, how you're going and we'll try to get you on the show as much as possible, mate. It'll be great. No. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.